We have planned with two ends. Now we plant with a big old fat T on it. We are going to plant our spring garden this week. Right here. Now, actually, we're just going to talk about planting our spring garden and give you some tips to get you going in your spring garden right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, where we talk about all things gardening and give the information out for you to be successful in your garden, whether it's your first or your last. We are your hosts, Ben, the backyard gardener, and Batavia, the front yard gardener. One in the country. One in the city. Now get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening, as we learn to grow and grow for change. Energy, 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 spring energy. (laughs) Activate. I'm just going to keep on saying happy spring because I'm glad it's here. I'm not. Uh, You're not glad it's here or you're not going to say happy spring? I wish it was winter forever. Just a winter wonderland. I could see that. No, you, come on. you can't. No, I know. You're just you're, <laughs> this early in the episode. You're you're you know pulling my leg. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's one of those days. <laughs> so yeah, we um <clears throat> we're gonna talk about planting, and we're gonna give you some tips about planting. And I keep saying planting because for weeks now, Batavia and I have been having to spell these words out constantly, <laughs> and it is frustrating. <laughs> so I am ready. To have this damn garden planted. Yeah. Until we probably end up doing an episode about planning your summer garden or something like that. So, um, but these are our top tips of what we do Uh in our gardens. Or will do. Or will do. Mm -hmm. Or plan to do. Mm -hmm. Or should do and don't do. I like that. I like that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot like that, right? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, you know, when we're on the show, I really, I tried to practice what I preach Mm -hmm. and there was something recently, I don't know what it was. And I was like, I'm not going to do it. And I was like, damn, I sit there and I tell all those people, those good people that listen to us and I'm going to sit here and not do it. I was like, I'm going to get up and do it. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember what it was. I wish I knew it would be a better story. Yeah. No, no, it's all good. I, um, I actually had that same thought and for me it was about around, uh, fertilizing seedlings. You know, so yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it, it speaks against, you know, my garden ways. But oh, wait, I, I forgot. Um, I have a gardening question. Oh, OK. But I'm not really going to re- I'm not going to frame it as a question. I'm going to frame it as a reminder. OK. OK. So an individual messaged us and asked us or basically told us. And I, it's one of those things, Batavia. We've talked about this before. We've talked about it privately, how sometimes the easy stuff kind of slips your mind and you mm. forget to mention it. Mm-hmm. And I was really thankful that she sent it to me. Um, she said that she had planted onions and garlic and didn't see them for months and was scared that the deer came by and ate them all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, the reminder is don't forget you put bulbs out there and they take time to come up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because I've done that myself. Like I, went, I was like, oh, I forgot I put bulbs here, 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 and here. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's the reminder. And then the the answer to the question, which, um, as a, again, I thought people knew, but, you know, it's just I take it for granted is deer don't like really smelly things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they don't really like that kinds of stuff. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> for, you know, if you have deer issues like planting lavender, mint, you know, onions and garlics and stuff. Mm-hmm. They don't want to walk through it because their sense of smell is so good. It makes them vulnerable to predators. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's why that stuff that's can help. That's actually a really but, good tip. Okay. Mm-hmm. I put lavender and mint in my garden and I did not have deer come through one time mm-hmm. until the mint died off and you couldn't smell it anymore. Yeah. And I think that that's, um, that's a note when, depending on where you are because lavender yeah. wouldn't grow uh, for me. No. Well, and you don't have deer in your area. Yeah. Well, but I so. still have things that uh, um, will dig up things, right? But that tip is not for all things. It's only for deer. Okay. All right. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but smell is a thing for some other animals. Um, for the the deer, though, or anything that you're worried about, I would have thought she would have seen like the remnants of if they had been digging in there. 
Um, yeah, um, she's as, as actually the um, damn. I hope it is. I'm gonna say it, and I think she's it. the same lady that um has the big land that was starting the farm. Remember, oh, we're talking about okay. amending. Uh-huh. So I'm thinking that it's offsite. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. You gotcha, know what gotcha, I mean? Yeah. Or it's just somewhere. And I mean, plus in the wintertime, like sometimes it's common to not go out in your like you put bulb. Like I don't go check my bulbs mm-hmm, every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I forgot that I've planted. And so then they asked me what bulbs I planted because we were talking about it. And I was like, uh, I don't know. That's on my to-do list this week. Yeah. <laughs> so I forgot all the names. So, <laughs> but um, anyways, and that's it basically kind of feeds us into the spring talk because that's part of spring. Your bulbs are going to be coming up soon. Yeah. And spring is so very different. And in yes. so many ways compared to your typical summer garden season or for some people when they say like spring doesn't start until what June 20th. So some people are in the garden in May and no, that's summer. Oh, that's what I meant. Sorry. Summer doesn't start until June 20th. So some people are in the garden in late May and early June. But the reality is that's still spring. So when we talk about kind of your spring garden, if you're out there in may and june technically that's still spring and so i bring that up because what you experience at the end of may and early june will be ex- different than what you experience at the beginning of april which is where we're going to be when this is actually you know released yeah so yeah i mean it's <clears throat> it's a totally different world planting outside mm-hmm. this time of year you know it's it's getting warmer but it's a roller coaster ride for temperatures, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's something to keep in mind when, as you're planting and planning, and you know all that stuff. And maybe you've just found us, and if you found us, hi, my name hi. is Ben Gardner, and this is the Backyard Gardens podcast, and I'm with Batavia. That's what they call me. She, you can call that's me. That's what they call her. You can call me B as well. B. Yeah, I'm only I'm ex- good friends can call her I'm B. Ex- I'm extending this to well, it's already extended to you, but I'm extending this to all of the listeners as well. I call you Miss Batavia because that's yeah. what my son well, calls you. That's what you. I demand you call me. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, my son told me the other day, he goes, Daddy, are you going to go talk to Miss Batavia again? I said, yeah. He goes, tell her I said hello. I miss her. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh, you stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, he says so hello. Cute. Oh, tell him I said hello. Why did yeah. she say it that way? Because she was fighting back tears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's, he's something else. But anyways, so as the roller coaster happens, you have to be careful, you know, cause we might get a little anxious. Mm-hmm. I have that problem. Do you? Yeah. You know, what's interesting. So I, for, I was thinking about this. I, for, I, for, for the spring, I'm monitoring the highs, right? You know, so coming from out of winter into spring, I'm monitoring the high temperatures in the summer going into fall, I'm keeping a close eye on the low temperatures. And that's not necessarily a good practice, but it's that anxiousness yeah. where it's like, oh my gosh, okay, it's going to be 40 and 50 as a high for all of this week, the next 14 days. This is it. My time is now, right? But yeah. the reality is the amount of hours in that day that is actually 40 or 50 are so minimal. Small. Yeah, compared yeah. to when you're still fighting your way out of the 20s you know like what is it this morning it's 28 it's gonna get to you know 35 or something but 28 is i mean it's obviously below freezing um so i mean i think that that's my anxious anxiousness not necessarily like my garden smarts if you will (laughs) so be careful of that well yeah and i think um so first of all i hate to say this on the show batavia but you're wrong about monitoring the high temperatures should be monitoring the low temperatures if you're looking at planting. Didn't I just say that? I know. I know. I just, I hate saying it. I but, just have to say it. I you have know, to say But it. I thought that I just went <laughs> no. through that it's really not the right thing to do, but it's my anxiousness. So know, do, you, do you think that when other people were listening, they, they didn't pick up on, I can't no, help and they're myself? Probably, they're probably right now like, Ben's such a dick. He had to say something, but I did because. But did you, you heard when I said it too, is this thing on? No, (laughs) (laughs) no. And I do the same thing though, but I do it for a number of reasons too, because soil warmth has a big thing to do with it too, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if you buy a soil thermometer, (laughs) 
which, you know, I'm going to take my shoe off and stick it in my mouth from last year. I was like, I ain't seen no fucking soil thermometer. Well, no, there's a soil thermometer. So if you were to buy one, which I'm not going to, I don't plan on it. Um, I think you would really notice a difference. And I've really noticed it through the greenhouse this year about mm-hmm. soil temperature, though. Yeah. Because I get cold in the in the night, but I stay warm during the day. Mm-hmm. Warmer in there. And I think it's made a big difference keeping that little bit of soil warmth going mm-hmm. on right around the roots and stuff. I think that's made a big difference. So yeah. um, you're not totally wrong to be looking at high temperatures, too. No, I'm totally that- wrong. I, that, that's the whole that was the whole idea of what I brought up. It's it's the um, well, sure. Keep the, the highs in mind. But when it comes yeah. to um, trying to make sure that these plants will stay healthy, it really is. The potential harm is not going to be that it's 50 that's not going yeah. to harm my plant. The potential no, harm no, no. is that it was for eight hours continually 20 degrees overnight, you know. Um, yeah. That's that's the issue. And depending on the stage my plant is in, right, you know, so yeah. how big is this seedling? Um, how much growth is there really? So, you know, absolutely, it's, you know... Um, it, you are absolutely correct in saying, you know, we should be monitoring something different. But again, I just thought that's what I had said, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, and the biggest thing. And so that my first tip okay. right now. Yeah, dig in. My first tip is, you know, official tip, because I feel like we've given a few out already, mm-hmm. is plant accordingly to the low temperatures. Mm-hmm. Okay, so right now in my spring garden, if it dropped to 28 degrees, I sleep just fine Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. everything out there is going to make it through that 28 degrees. Everything I've put out there is. And so as the days go on and on and on and I'm putting in stuff that needs a little bit warmer, a little bit warmer. So, you know, I don't have that worry at all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So. Okay. I'll, Sorry if you just heard a big thunk out there. I just hit the mic, but um, that's okay. I'll, you know, that's uh, go ahead. I'll take that tip. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's something that I didn't realize before. So, like, I purposely put out my kale, my cabbage, and my broccoli first. Mm-hmm. And actually, I my broccoli went out a week later because we start to warm up. Probably, I would say that our temperature goes to the warmth a lot faster than you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, we'll rapidly start getting warmer and warmer. But, you know, I know like cabbage and kale, they can take a a deep cold and come back. So my lettuce, no. And all the lettuce that's out there all winter has been struggling to come back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So needs to regulate that temperature. Okay. Yeah. So I absolutely think that that's something to keep in mind. And excuse me, don't, you know. Don't be overzealous, right? You know, when it comes yeah. to... And it's easy to get excited. Yeah, when it comes Especially to... Especially if you're looking at the high temperatures. Yeah. Um, and 50 feels a lot different after you've gone through 20s for months, right? Yeah. Um, so my the next tip. So my first tip is going to be, um, especially if you have more than one growing space before you actually get out there to plant. So you can have, you start hardening off your seedlings and all of that. But before you get off to plant, let's not just not look at the top of the soil, right? Because that's what you're going to see. That's going to thaw. If you're in a freezing area first, you want to make sure that you're digging down and make sure that soil is truly workable, but most important, just because the soil is, maybe not ready in one area of your garden doesn't mean that it may not be in another. Um, So for me, like right now at the time of recording, I have a couple of spots that I can get my spade into just fine. Um, And that's, we talked about this a little bit um, before we got started. A lot of that's the positioning of the sun, you know, Um, and, and how much, um, kind of cold and snow and, you know, certain areas have gotten hit and other areas have actually started to thaw sooner. Um, so make sure that you just don't wait because one area of your garden is still kind of frosty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> make sure you're checking all of the areas that you plan on growing in because uh, you may be surprised. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I agree with that completely because part of it needs to be you know, you need to be aware of what thaws and what doesn't at what time, mm-hmm. you know, because moving forward, just like like if this year is your first spring garden, like it is yours. Mm-hmm. Just think about next year once you know that and think about that plan you can put together. So, you know, I think it's important to know that. 
Yeah, I uh, I stopped. Didn't even need to be said, to be honest. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm gonna tell you, you know. So it's the what's accessible. You go. The Cage Baby is a great example. I'm not gonna dig through the Cage Baby if I don't have to. So if I go no. to the front yard, which is much easier, and put my spade in, it's frozen. I may assume that the rest of the garden is frozen too, um, and that may not yeah. be the case, you know. Um, and that also depends on again how in tune you are with where the sun's traveling and how long that it's out for. Um, the good thing though is every day you'll get a little bit more. You know, like yeah. every day there'll be a little bit more exposure to that sun. So if it's not ready right now, you know, it could be, it's that's probably going to be difference. weeks, not necessarily days, but you're on the right path. Yeah. That's the big difference between now and fall is you're getting more every day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, every day you're getting like, I think it's two minutes a day, roughly more sun, mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. a minute, uh, it's, something like that. Yeah, it's more like a minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it fluctuates, but still you're getting every day you're getting more versus in the fall. It's like, damn, every day is less, yeah. less, 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 less. And just remember, time change doesn't give you an hour more. Yeah, you you, you so. were uh, you were really <laughs> nippy with me one time when I, I, I talked about that. I don't remember the episode and no one really wants to hear that again. That dark yes, side man. of you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it's but I've. I caught myself thinking of that the other day, though. And I was like, oh, well, we're going to get an hour back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but it's just it doesn't matter to the plants. But yeah, it didn't work out um, quite that way. Yeah. So making sure things aren't frozen solid mm-hmm. Um, for me. Oh, no, I think uh, let me in summary, it's the your garden may have thawed at different times. So keep that in mind. Right. Make sure different area. Yeah. 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 It's it's more about that. Um, Let's coin a term for that. For the Backyard Gardens uh, podcast, Backyard Gardens TV. How about thawing rates? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. yeah. Know your thawing rates. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. it. Hashtag. <laughs> yeah. Not trending anywhere, but still important. <laughs> with your help, we can make it. Well, with your help, we can make it register as actual hashtag. I don't know if it's going to trend. <laughs> All right, everybody. Now that it's spring, we're going to do one more giveaway to get seeds in your garden. And we're going to do our direct seed sowing giveaway, which happens to be Ben's favorite giveaway. (laughs) Shockingly enough. Giveaway closes on May 1st, 2021. And Batavia is going to let you know one of the ways to enter. So one of the ways to enter is by going to backyardgardenstv.com and enter your email address. With this, you'll be entered into the May 1st giveaway and all future giveaways. And then for an extra entry, head over to YouTube to the Backyard Gardens YouTube channel and watch the video Gardeners Love Spring. Watch it, like it, and leave a comment telling us what your favorite thing to either grow in your garden is or your favorite thing about spring gardening. That way, we know more about you and you might win our seeds. Now on to our regularly scheduled program. So don't forget that you can direct sow in the spring. Mm-hmm. Even if you started the seed inside, you can still direct sow. Some things are good candidates for it. So don't forget that, please. Yeah. Um, so what I have done is I direct, so, well, I start lettuce inside Mm -hmm. and then at the time of planting, I put the lettuce out and then I direct, so at the same time and I do the same with spinach. Um, I do the same with different flowers, you know, but at this point we're not really close. We're still kind of far from our last frost dates and some of you may be pretty far from it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so you know um but yeah i direct so a lot of things um collards i've done before like that mm-hmm. i've done kale like that um kohlrabi i do like that uh so kohlrabi though i started a month before i planted out only a month and then i planted out um and then at the same time i put more in and that yeah. just you know it gives it to you. And then there's some things that I only plant, like radishes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, carrots, um, you know, beets only put out. A lot of those root vegetables. So. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. don't be afraid to go out and direct. So mm-hmm. it's a lot easier. Um, the only difference is, and I believe we were talking about this in our first take of the show that we had to stop. <laughs> um, but um, my carrots took 17 to 20 days, one of the two, to sprout in my garden. Yeah. 
And how long did yours take, which you did inside? I started them inside in a um, container and it took seven days to sprout, to germinate. So that's a big difference. Okay. And that goes back to that soil temperature. Mm -hmm. That goes directly to that soil temperature. Now, Batavia, I'd like for you to do me a favor. Sure. I would like for you to make a disclaimer about what you just said about starting your carrots inside so the listeners know that you're not crazy. (laughs) Get these words out of my mouth and into your head. Um, So, yeah, I wanted to go back. It was my intention to grow carrots indoors um, and that didn't quite work out. Right. Um, But since I had already started them, I started them on January the uh, 14th. And they germinated by January the 21st. They're inside of a container. They will not stay indoors. My basement where my grill room is, is pretty warm. So I think that also attributed to the germination rate that's much faster. Um, I plan on moving the container outside. Um, and I'm going to do the whole hardening off, right? I plan on moving the container outside and letting them grow to basically harvest outdoors. That's the goal. Um, separately, I am going to plant carrots, direct sow seeds outside, but that's the right. the plan. And maybe it's, you know, 10 carrots. We're not talking about anything that's big because again, it was inside. So Yeah. But you didn't put them in. You didn't, what I wanted you to say is you didn't start them inside with the intent of you know, really transplanting them or starting like you were just testing. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> let me, let me tell you what I really wanted you to say. Um, they're not being transplanted, meaning I'm not taking the individual carrots out of yeah. the container and putting them into the ground. I'm literally moving the entire container, leaving everything intact and relocating yeah. it outside. Um, and it will stay, if they live, it will stay and grow in that container. So, right. And now I low key was hoping that Batavia was trying to break all barriers and transplant carrots. Like everybody, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's like a big Mm -hmm. no, no. Yeah. I was low key hoping, but and back to what you were hoping. This wasn't again. This wasn't the plan. It wasn't my intention to start in January to move them out. But I may have. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I stumbled onto something. You may. I mean, early uh, batch of carrots. We'll see. Yeah, solid. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, that would be pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. You could. Yeah, we have to talk about that a little bit more offline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if it'll be in a garden update in the future, if it's successful, I already have some tips around that. But we'll save right. them to see if they're successful. Because if they're, it's not successful, I don't know if my tips are worthy. Yeah. And by the way, um, Batavia just said it. We are bringing the garden updates back as soon as we can. So um, we're anxious for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, I forgot I think you may have even was. heard a garden update. So just know that it's actually going to be a regular thing. So I think that's what yeah. they heard, you know, last week. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know what? It may have, I don't even know the schedule anymore. Yeah, I, know. I, get I lost, can see it so. in your face. It's okay. I, Leonard I'm and like I have totally it under control. Yeah. Do I have the, yeah, 2021. Leonard. We're still in 2021. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Leonard's big project is trying to figure out how to cross his toes. So, <laughs> so uh, whose turn is it? I forgot. Mm, mine um so this one is a little bit further down the line when it comes to the planting piece but it's at top of mind and it's eat young um so be okay with ben's favorite baby greens right Um, i'm not saying that you have to but be okay with it i plan on having some um you know young kale young collard leaves you know um some baby lettuce you know for me this is just seeing what's going to make a, a way in my garden area for you know in 6a in chicago um so it's more of um a way to enjoy the garden now and not wait so long for everything. Right. So a lot of the things that we're growing, you're not obviously eating, you know, beets young, right. You're going to let them get to harvestable size, but some of these other leafy greens, don't be afraid to, you know, start harvesting early once you have some ample leaves on the plants. So, yeah, for sure. I, uh, um, I just did that before we came on here actually. Mm -hmm. I harvested some baby kale and stuff. And basically because my kale has sat idle all winter mm-hmm. and it's starting to grow and I was like, I'm just going to trim it and yeah. get it to grow. So, yeah. but um, no, yeah, I'm, I'm not, for, let me clear the, the air on this. I am not for growing for the intent of baby greens, but eating, consuming them and taking them, I'll go for. Or I'm you're not for that. the idea of the marketing around the idea of baby greens and things, right? That may be what my problem is, no. actually. I don't know. Which I, I don't know what it. my problem is. It's okay. Yeah. It's all right. We yeah. still love you. I guess I need 
I need to find myself, apparently. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, never mind. So, now you're yeah. just being silly. Uh, that's that's okay, right? Mm-hmm. It's our show. We can do what we want, uh-huh. damn it. Go ahead for your next tip while I eat this peach. You got a peach? Mm. Frozen. I know. It's, it's such a disappointment. Uh, I was like, where'd you get the peach mm-hmm. from? So, um, yeah. First of all, I'm tired of eating apples and oranges. Okay, moving on. Yeah, I know you would be. And uh, my next thing is when you get them out in the ground, especially when you're direct sowing, um, be very careful that you either don't put something in front of a direct sowed seed because it's something in front of it or like shade it out. Mm-hmm. Because when those seeds come up, when that when you see that first seed come up and you get super excited, it needs all the light it can get to create food to grow because it has just enough food in it and that seed to get it to that exact point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So <clears throat> case in point, you know, we were talking about planting two ends, the spring garden. I was saying that I put my carrots in the back and I cover them with a board. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't seen, you can go check out YouTube video. Um, I just did like two videos talking about it, which um, by the way, I did a, one where I'm looking for a mushroom bed mm-hmm. and I pointed out because I was checking out, but um. I was started in the back and I was going to move the board forward each time I did a succession planning. So I did the first one that came up, I moved it. And then I noticed that the sun was blocked for about two hours of the day of those seedlings. So I had to abandon that whole thing. What I should have done is started in the front and go back. Wouldn't mm-hmm. have been an issue. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and the same thing goes, if you put a seedling in front of it, like the seedlings are, you've been growing it for six weeks, you know, a month, whatever, yeah. it's going to be a lot bigger. So just be very careful and very mindful of that. It's an easy overlook, oversight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and I mean, you got to get this because the angle of the sun is low still. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, um, I think at the time of this, this comes out, the angle of the sun will be a lot higher. It won't be an yeah, issue. Yeah, This is a but, you know first or second week of April, you know? So mm-hmm. um, again, we're like you said, we're gaining more sun every day you know the sun's getting higher and higher in the sky every day um so yeah i mean i think that the easiest way is to plan everything and leave everything right you know or direct so everything and leave everything you know when you're doing this combination you know when you're trying to get to a diverse garden when you're trying to get to the most productive garden you do these combinations where you're putting transplants in and you're direct sowing um and you just again one of my always and forever, this isn't the tip for now, but one of my always and forever tips and lessons learned is plant with the idea of the size of the vegetable at kind of full capacity, right? You know, so keep that in mind. Um, my next tip though is, and this is something that I'm going to try this year. So I don't have, Uh-oh. I know I don't have kind of full knowledge of this being worked or this working, but I feel good about it. So in the cage baby, I am going to do some leafy greens. It's either going to be, I'm going to plant either lettuce or spinach or a combination of both. Um, and I'm going to, cause I already know the tomatoes that I'm going to plant. Um, it's not quite time to put them in. I'm going to take containers because, you know, I got a shit ton of those and basically fill them with dirt, dig up the space. I plan on planting my tomatoes. Right. And so I'm going to essentially plant the container, nothing in it, no vegetable in it, but it's a placeholder. Right. So I'm going to put those and I normally plant my tomatoes basically in a line, put those in the hole. And then that's going to allow me to plant my lettuce and sow my spinach seeds and such kind of around that area. You talk a lot about kind of the planting something and then knowing that you're going to plant something else later. Uh, but I'm actually <clears throat> going to make the space for it because visually I kind of need to see that, you know? Yeah. Um, and so the later on, all I'm going to do is pick it up, maybe dig a little bit further. Cause I'll still have lettuce in place once I plant my tomatoes in a couple of months, like in a month and a half, um, take that container out maybe dig the hole a little bit deeper and drop my tomato plant in there. That's my plan when it comes to planting my spring leafy vegetables. But the tip is kind of keeping what the next vegetable that you're planting in mind is. And in this case for me, it's tomatoes. Yeah. So if I got a little bit lost there, so let me see if I got it right. You're going to plant, let's just say lettuce and tomatoes. You're going to put lettuce in like basically like a ring. Um, or I'm going to put, or you're going to leave a space, a visible space, yeah. when it's growing, you can see like this is where 
the tomato will go. Yeah. So the okay. dirt will go into a pot. The pot will be planted into the ground. It's going to be above the ground where I can still see it. That's going to be the placeholder for where I plan on putting my tomato plants. And that allows me to easily plant around that area. So I'm not, there's no worry about me disturbing what I already have in the ground when I'm trying to get my tomato plants in there. And the things that I'm planting are going to be lower kind of height vegetables, you know, so I don't have to worry about kind of stumbling over them. When I get my tomato plants planted, I still plan on having, um, you know, leafy greens in the ground as well. So that's why yeah. I'm doing have that. Have you started your tomato plants yet? Um, at the time of this recording, I would have. Or I'm sorry, at the time of this airing, I would have. At the time no, of this I'm recording, talking about right no. now, nope. have you? Not yet. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, that's, a, I, I like that. I think that's a solid plan. Mm-hmm. You know, because I look at the way I do it and um, I just hope and pray yeah. I can get something in there. You know what I mean? And But I'll pull something. Up. I mean, you know, I have no problem pulling mm-hmm, something up mm-hmm. for something, you yeah. know. And I don't necessarily think that that's, you know, the idea for everything you're planting, you know, because there's going to be some things that I am going to clear the bed when it's time to get my summer vegetables in. But in this case, for this particular area, this is, you know, kind of this is my baby, you know, the cage baby. Yeah. And it's not easy to get in and out of. And so I want to make take some extra precautions to make sure that. I'm not tempted to leave things in the ground longer and delay my tomatoes getting in there. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. I would never, um, I have, and let me rephrase it. I have never just cleared a bed for a planting mm-hmm. and started with an empty slate. Mm-hmm. I've never done that. I've always kind of worked things in and, you know, did it in sections and stuff like that. So it's like, I put my, um, my carrots, I put a patch of carrots in and um, I put them in and then I, with the intention of like, I'm going to either have to remove these or there's going to be the space right here for what's coming next. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, I kind of pre thought about all that. So um, when I did my plan, you saw that it was my beds were filled up to the max. And in reality, and this is the case in point every year. That has that has not and will not happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I have definitely left some areas that are like free and clear of stuff. So it's like I can easily get stuff in to those areas. And that's kind of how I do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but I like what you're doing because when you look at it, like I could f- max it out and be like, this is where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, do it from there. Yeah. So and there I- are two things, though. Two things. Um, one thing that I think maybe you're overlooking and one thing that I'm compensating for. Um, so you may be overlooking the, um, that it takes some experience to plant around things, right? Um, that the idea of disturbing what's already there is a real concern for some folks, right? You know, um, the idea of kind of knowing what space, you know, that you need now that you have something kind of around that garden area. So the thing I'm compensating for is I almost always plant my garden with a clean slate, right? So I get to make the decision in the moment where I'm going to put what, you know, Um, and I don't have things that are like, even if I have a garden that has some vegetables in it, like you're describing, it's not the full bed, it'll be like half of the bed was planted. And I have, again, clearly another half of the bed I can plant in. But I'm not worried about, oh, when I pull up this, did I place this other seed too close toward or too far away or whatever have you. So I'm overcompensating for that because I don't have that experience. Um, And maybe it isn't as difficult as I've made it in my mind, but this is the way I'm getting ahead of it I think you're right. I think I am overlooking that a little bit. And, you know, it just, it does take time. Because, I mean, there's been times where I've literally, like when I first started doing stuff like this, is I would put a tomato plant on top of a lettuce plant, Mm -hmm. basically, you know. You talk a lot about planting behind things. And every time you say it, I get it. You know, yeah. but it's kind of like, I would do or it under like is way you spacing describe it. would be way off. Mm-hmm. My, my, you know, my spacing would just be horrible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of like a part of the evolution for me as a gardener is I got to a point where I was just like, I'm going to pull that shit out the ground, mm-hmm. you know, instead of being like, all right, I'm going to cut this lettuce back and leave this lettuce here. It's going to yeah. be a little close because in reality, what's going on is the lettuce is already there. It's already it's full fledged growing at this point. Uh Okay. 
by the time you go to put your tomato in, it's in its peak growing. Uh-huh. Okay, and then not only that, it's in its peak, getting ready to try and bolt. Uh-huh. You know, let's be honest; uh-huh. like it's not far from it. Oh no, no, I feel good. I'm either I would have eaten all of the lettuce for me at this time with right. my plan, but yeah, I get you. Well, mm-hmm. so and then you put your tomato in, and your tomato is all like, "Oh, you just ripped me out of my nice warm pot. <laughs> You've been trying to burn me with this big orange ball," <laughs> and you put it out there, so its roots are not growing. <laughs> so what's going to happen is the you know, the lettuce could overtake it or whatever. You know what I mean? It could just mm-hmm. be become a big battle. Yeah. And so that's something that, um, but I think what you're doing makes sense because it eliminates that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go ahead and pre plan and then not have that internal debate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you know, like, hey, this lettuce is going to come up, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so. I don't have to worry about, oh, shit, this thing got bigger than what I thought. Right. And if it does, all I need to do is, you know, harvest a little bit more. Again, this is I think when I came in with this tip, it was more of this is like a tip for me and it may be helpful for some other people. But in my mind, it's going to make things a little bit less stressful for me. Um, and I'm, all of these tips are for us, for other people. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> this isn't proven though. Right. Um, but I really think that, um, for this particular kind of planting, um, it'll be helpful for me. So, you know, we'll yeah. see, you know, obviously I'll let you guys know if it was like, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that I might do the it container. myself. You know, where the hell was it? <laughs> yeah. I might do it myself sometime, you know, I mean. It could be just me sticking a stick in the ground, yeah. though. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. just like physically marking like, boom, uh-huh. this is where it's going to go. Uh-huh. And I might do that when we get off here. Yeah. You know, I got some Chinese cabbage to put in the ground. I might go and be like, these are my high value crops. Mm-hmm. I need to not, mm-hmm. you know, jack around with them. So, yeah, I did that with my um, more of the uh, the sp- garlic. We were talking about that a little bit ago. Um, last fall, when I planted my garlic, I had to mark it off. So I didn't start if I wanted because I had a little space left in the beds. I didn't want to make sure mm-hmm. that I wasn't digging up that garlic. Um, so I basically know that garlic is from this these two sticks back. Um, but I do want to comment when it comes to planting next to things and close to things. I have no issue doing any of that with flowers. You know, I'll move flower, transplant flowers around and I'll, you know, dig up like, damn, that's oh, that's the root. You know, let me stuff this other flower in there. Like I have no issue yeah. at all doing that with flowers. Um, it's like the, the vegetables are higher stakes for me. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, and actually I did do something kind of like what you're talking about. So I was putting out some um, icicle radishes mm-hmm. that a lovely person that I know in my life sent me. She's so sweet. Thank you, Batavia. <laughs> So I was out planting radishes and, um, you know, I always put marigolds in this one spot in my bed. Mm-hmm. I don't rotate it. Mm-hmm. I did last year. It was, I hated it. I hated having zinnias in my garden. Yeah. I hated it. I yeah. hated it. I hated it. It made me mad. It was horrible. They got tall. They broke. Mm-hmm. Whatever. So, um, but I was planting it and I went ahead and I just grabbed a stick and drew a box because I know that as those radishes, they only take 21 days. Mm-hmm. So they say. <laughs> yeah. For a radish this big, mm-hmm. they take 21 mm-hmm. days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I want a radish, you know, Yeah, what, a is, what bit did bigger. I say? Eat young, baby radishes? Okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I knew that they would mature fast, mm-hmm. so I made a small box. Yeah. Because I also know that when I put my marigold in, if I have to, I can pull a couple of those radishes out of mm-hmm. that row away from it. And I also know that radish roots don't really go crazy. Yep, exactly. I mean, know. the concept isn't new. It's just taking it one step further so I can yeah. visually see things. Yep. And it's also for me to try to get an idea of, I really want to take more advantage of the cage baby and growing around tomatoes. So this, these are literally three garden beds that essentially were de- dedicated to tomatoes and a couple of peppers. So I'm also toying with the idea, keeping in mind crop rotation and like friends and foes for tomatoes. But I'm trying to get an idea of what can I successfully grow around those plants um, yeah. without the plants actually being there. But then also considering what to grow, which will be a later experiment when those plants get bigger. That's the right. real challenge. But we're not quite there yet. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Can I tell my next thing because i just thought of it absolutely (laughs) don't say anything i'm gonna lose it um you're planting stuff now that need nitrogen Mm. okay you're planting a lot of leafies okay and nitrogen creates that so be sure you're fertilizing pre-fertilize 
Um, you know, I actually, this is the first and last year that I'm going to use blood meal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just from an ethical standpoint. I'm not going to use blood meal anymore. I'm going to use alfalfa meal in the future, I believe. Ah, okay. Okay. I've um, seen that. Just be, you know, it's, where's the blood come from? <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? It's, and yeah, it's animal bones, And I don't right? have a problem. I want to make us take a stance real quick, just real quick and say like, I don't have a problem with eating meat. I don't have a problem with people eating meat. What I have a problem with is factory farming. Mm-hmm. So I hunt, I shoot animals, I kill them and I eat them like they're supposed to be. They live their best life until they take a bullet mm-hmm. versus factory farms. They don't do that. You do your own research. There's my stance and that's it moving on. So that being said, I'm not going to use blood meal anymore, but it's a high nitrogen fertilizer. Mm-hmm. And so I bought a bag of it. I'm going to use it. It's not like I'm going to throw it away, but I added it at the time of planting. And I also added my other fertilizer to it because you need to start gearing up your garden. If you're planting in multiple seasons, you're going to, mm-hmm. you're going to deplete your soil Yeah, and you're going to deplete it fast, you know, because like I do intensive gardening because you know, and just like Batavia said, you're putting in one plant and then you're putting one yep. in directly behind yep. it. You're not giving it any time to rest. So you need to feed it. So make sure that you're putting a dusting of fertilizer in. Make sure that you are taking care of it. And, um, you know, don't think that you're like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And that goes from adding compost mm-hmm. into the hole when you plant. You go to stick that whole plant in there put compost in there with it yeah. and then it just gives you that little bit of boost now there is research have you have you heard about this i don't know you have to tell me what it is when you put um fertilizer or compost into the hole with the plant that the plant will be so happy that it will actually will not spread the roots out and search no. and basically not be as productive i haven't heard that i've heard that a couple times mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not sold okay but, you know, I did want to put that out there that that's, there's talk of that being a thing. We'll check in with you in three years to see if, you know, how you feel about it. Yeah, I'll have a good <laughs> rant about it in three years. <laughs> no, just, but you you're, you're spot on. And for someone like me that has a um, first time spring garden that will also have a summer garden, it could very well be like this may be the thing that gets me over the hump when it comes to buying in fully to fertilizing regularly. Right. Um, because. In my mind, I was going to treat the planting of my spring garden like I would my summer garden, right? But this will be the first year that I'll have plants. Again, we just talked about it in place when it's time to plant my, well, at least half of the garden, when it's time to put my summer garden in place. So I have to keep in mind how much am I able to really amend my bed like I normally would going into my summer garden. So I mean, it's a really good tip. And I mean, obviously there are different ways, you know, there's a slow release, there's, you know, that kind of the quick shot and jolt. Um, but make sure that that's a part of your planting. Um, yeah. And some of these vegetables you have are heavier feeders, if you will. It's interesting. And, you know, if you think about it, well, no, not if you think about it. Like I figured out that I have a problem in 15 years of gardening, mm-hmm. which technically is probably like 16 now, but it's always going to be 15 because I don't add yeah, a year yeah, every yeah. year. I, yeah, I got older. you. I'm, I'm sorry. I got distracted and a little bit annoyed because I, I didn't wrap up the potato chip cookie and now it's like taunting me. <laughs> so I'm sorry. <laughs> that was rude. I apologize. That's okay. And I can't wrap I'm it up because it. it's like all kinds of crinkly paper. So I'm just going to. Well, you know, in in all reality, we do sit around and talk about eating (laughs) food for an hour, so it does get hard. But I realized that I under fertilize. And what set me off on that was I was when I was doing the whole soil testing. If you haven't heard the soil episode, Mm -hmm. go check it out. Talks about my soil test and how I'm working on fixing it and all that. But I really dug into like fertilizer application rates, Mm -hmm. and I realized that I have been under fertilizing for 15, 16 years, whatever. So it was interesting to think that. So I went out there and, you know, really did what I was supposed to do. And I was like, damn, what did you call it again? Fertilization rates. Yeah. The fertilization rates. That's a, that's a term. Yeah. That's not coined term by us. No, no, no. I understand (laughs) it, but it's, you know, I'm I'm making a note for, you know, others like me that will listen to this and then need to go Google it. 
Well, and the big thing, the reason why is I really looked into my square footage of my garden mm-hmm. when I had to, because, you know, they gave me specific application rates for the fertilization rates for the rate of, I'm just kidding now, <laughs> I'm getting going crazy, but you know, they gave me application rates to add the fertilizer and it was based off of, okay, it was based off of acreage, which then I had to turn down into square footage because obviously I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just, it was interesting because then I was like, okay, I have this much square footage. And then I look at the bag and I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to put like a pound? <laughs> like this bag of fertilizer is only supposed to last me like two rates and I've been making it last me like all year. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you cheap bastard. That's hard you know what for I mean? me. There's some things that I <clears throat> am okay with adding a s- extra scoop of. What was, what was it we were talking about? I was talking with my great aunt about making a half of a pound cake, right? You know, so we were talking about just cut the recipe in half. You'll let me know if Mrs. Gardner agrees. But she said, you know, but things like vanilla or, you know, whatever your lemon flavor is, don't cut that in half. And I said, don't we always add a little bit extra anyway? So there's some things that I'm like, oh, I'm going to add extra in. But there are other things like what I'm cooking or in the garden. I'm notorious for that where I'm just like, "Eh, maybe only a little bit here. And I don't know if it's that whole idea of like not wanting to run out, not wanting to be wasteful. Let's see if I can get away with three fourths of the cup versus the cup. You know, see that was me. I was trying not to run out. I was trying to be cheap. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, but I agree with you. And then, because, you know, because I added it directly on top of my bed. I just sprinkled it mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. And so then I looked and I was like, damn, that's a lot of fertilizer. So then, yeah, yeah. you know, I went on a fertilizer kick. Let's put it that way. So I started researching mm-hmm. more. And, you know, I want to educate myself. Yeah. And for the people, I, I should do that anyways. And I was reading it and like of the bag of, I, I use, um, I use an organic fertilizer. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say their name. They're going to have to pay me to say their name. <laughs> but, um. Most of like 96% of it is filler. So I was like, oh, it's really not that much fertilizer. Mm-hmm. It's just the filler, which they use in order to help distribute mm-hmm. it and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But then I felt better when I realized that like most of that bag yeah. is not actually yeah. fertilizer. And then it made sense of why you have to add so much. Mm-hmm. But isn't so yeah, much relative though? Like... I mean, dude, I was throwing out cups and cups and cups and it was covered. The wind was blowing. And it was in my mouth and in my face. And, you know, we're sneezing. Organic, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you ain't lying. So, I mean, yeah, it was just it was interesting kind of turn of events because for years I had looked at fertilizer like you and I'm still in this. You know, I was like, ah, just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. But maybe it needs more. I don't know. You know, now this was me dusting an entire bed. Sure. I would not layer it on around a plant because I do spot fertilize mm-hmm. and I will do that more often yeah. um, this year. Hmm. So okay. fertilization, yeah. make sure you're building your beds up and make sure you're adding in extra nitrogen, blood meal, alfalfa meal, um, fish seaweed fertilizer from Neptune's harvest. They are, is a great fertilizer. Um, does feeds a lot of other stuff. Uh, can you think of anything else that's um, nitrogen heavy? No. There's a nitrate soda that you can put in. It's um, uh, SODA. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's that this bad. is. Well, no, I, I just paused because I think this is where it's that cost to volume ratio. So I think it's right in line with your tip. Like before you buy the package, let's take a read to see how much they're recommending that you use. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not so much that you may need a second package, but. You may be starting to introduce something to your garden that you really need much more of. And let's not, if you're not going to use the proper measurements, again, this is do as I say, not as I do. Then are you really benefiting your garden? And have you, it may not be a detriment, but are you benefiting your garden? Because you could just be kind of throwing some money in the air, sprinkling it. Um, yeah. So. But you know what, the, in all of that, the most important thing to add to your garden is? That compost. Yeah, I knew you are gone there. <laughs> yeah. Put that compost in that hole, man. Mm-hmm. Get you a bag of compost. Mm-hmm. Well, really, really, you need to be making your compost, oh, but go. if you can't, mm-hmm. yeah. No, <laughs> just get you a bag of compost, though, and tote it around with you. That's mm-hmm. what I, I mean. I have my own compost, but I still have a bag of moodoo. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I put it in there, you know. Yeah. Mood, what is the one you use? Moonure. Moonure. So, interesting. 
I have a book mm-hmm. that is all about growing vegetables in North Carolina. Interesting. Okay. Like, uh-huh. Written by somebody in North Carolina, uh-huh. and they use the same bag as you. Oh, in that that's cool. Book. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. They use the same product as me. I know. But, in the know. world, I can't believe there's another person that uses the same product. Yeah. <laughs> now I will say that her frost date that she put in is a month later than our frost date. So mm. I don't know what the story is with that, mm. but um, you know. Okay. All right. Yeah. So my next one, and this is, you know, this is a throw in and this could be inserted anywhere, but I think specifically for spring and, I, you know, I think a part of the way that we've done this really works out because I can, in preparation for being a new spring gardener, um, I can provide you some perspective from that, but it's patience. So I'm going to grow collards in the spring. I've traditionally grown them in the summer, the rate that they will take off in the spring is going to be different than the rate that they've grown for me in the summer. So I've consistently had luck with collards growing in the heat, Georgia collards in particular. Um, and I, I want to remind myself even to be patient when it comes to watching these plants kind of creep along. Um, there's some things, like you said, the, the, um, the, um, radishes that you'll probably have kind of again take off a little bit faster more so than you would in the summer just based on them not really liking the heat um but don't don't throw in the towel too early right um yeah and i think a part of patience also folds in when it comes to being more attentive so we talked earlier on about the weather and what are we we are monitoring the lows leonard I'm just being an ass. <laughs> yeah, you are. But, you know, like the whole garden walk idea, like it again, it's the you're not just planting and walking away, um, keeping an eye on things like the weather, taking a look to see how your plants are faring, like all of that. I think it's going to be important for your spring garden, because for all of us, the weather is again, it's volatile, like you described it. And there are different ways. You could have five days of overcast, right? I mean, these are things you just need to keep in mind. And I'm not saying do anything different. I'm just saying be um, aware maybe is the, the, yeah, I'm going to go with aware, you know. Be present in your garden. (laughs) Be present for your garden. Be patient. Yeah. Be patient is key. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the hardest part. You know, especially this time of year when it's cold, things don't grow as fast. Yeah. And I think it's um, especially if you're referencing something that a different time of year, which your garden experience is like, you know, yeah. part of the gift is it's different than summer, you know. Yeah. No, it's true. Mm-hmm. I have um, my last one. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure it's my last one is a challenge. Yeah. So as you plant your spring garden and you go through and remember this time of year too, things can bolt out of stress, not just heat. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's first things first. Mm -hmm. So if you get like super warm, super cold, super warm, super cold, super warm, blah, 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 then their plant will bolt in in an effort to go into survival Mm -hmm. mode. So, um, if you have something like that or when it gets too hot and it starts to bolt, why not just leave it and try and save the seed? Mm-hmm. Okay. Leave one plant. See what happens. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like seriously, like you're step you're making a step in the right direction. You're taking up, you know, a lot of times with these plants, you know, especially like lettuce or something, you know, at max you're taking up one square foot. In all reality, you're probably taking up four square inches for a lot of these things. See what happens. You're taking that step, you might be save a seed, maybe, you know a more sustainable garden in the future. Okay. That's my plan. I'm doing it with mustard as we speak. Yeah. I like it because there's still this idea of how long some of these things take to go to seed. And mm-hmm. if you're saving, if you're leaving something from your spring garden, you're going to have, I mean, that's the longest period of time you're going to have um, before that plant may go completely dormant. So I can dig it, you know, one yeah. plant, maybe Yeah, one plant. Well, but not. Okay. You might love it. You might hate it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> but you don't know until you try. That's another level and of being patient. Yeah. I have my first saved seeds sprouting now, and I'm hooked. Mm. I didn't think I would be. Mm. I was like, eh, no, nah, it's pretty cool. And I'm gonna tell you why. I had um one random green envy zinnia grow in my yard, 
one bloom, mm-hmm. one bloom. <laughs> and I said, damn, that's pretty cool. It never got big. It struggled. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I'm going to try it. And I pulled it. Guess what? I just saw that one green envy out of eight. Now, there may be, it may come up later, uh-huh. but at least one of them's growing. I'm like, hey, we're, we're working on something here. So, yeah. okay. you know. I have one more. Uh, I think that rounds us out. Um, in classic Batavia form, don't forget about the flowers, right? So at the time this airs in a lot of spaces, they may not have come out of their sleep yet. Um, but as you're planting your vegetable gardens, your herbs and things like that, um, make sure that you're making some room for the flowers because it won't be long for the, before those pollinators are coming out and looking for something to enjoy. And you want to start retraining them to come back to your garden space. So mm-hmm. do you see how you hear the smile in my voice? It makes me happy. I see it too. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me happy. And you can see it too if you watch us at Backyard Gardens on YouTube. But no, yeah, Batavia that's a part is exactly of my right. of one of my garden goals for the years as well. You know, doing more for that part of the garden community, pollinators, and you know, yeah, the, the pollinator thing and, is, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm squirrels. I'm, if you saw the the amount of flowers I have started in my house right now, mm-hmm. I have more flowers in my house than I have vegetables. Yeah, started. that's pretty cool, man. So, um, and all of them are pollinator friendly mm-hmm. and heavy. Mm-hmm. So, um, to be precise, salvia, which I didn't know I was a big fan of until last year, which yeah. I am, and yarrow. Okay. So, I have some pastel yarrows growing. Um, pretty, so I just potted some of them up. I'm pretty happy about that. So. Yeah. So, I'm going to add on to that tip now that you mentioned it. Um, I am all for growing for flowers for aesthetic purposes. I love a pretty flower if it's a favorite of mine. I don't give a sh- if a bee wants it or not. Um, but I also am conscious of like having a pollinator friendly garden. Um, so all flowers aren't, you know, pollinator friendly, if you will. Like pollinators are attracted to some flowers more than others. So a quick Google search will kind of help you if you're trying to figure out what flowers you want to put into your garden. Um, so, yeah. That's it. I use American Meadows, I think is the name of the website. Mm-hmm. That's the one I, I mean, they're all about wildflowers mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And um, they they sell stuff a little bit higher than some people, but they have a lot of good information, mm-hmm. especially like wildflowers and whatnot. Yeah. So, which a lot of flowers are wildflowers mm. okay. classified yeah. as wildflowers. Sure. So, which I've found very interesting. So Yeah, I think I, I wanted to kind of present this as some, the pollinators like them more than others, if you will. Not yeah. to say that, you know. Any flower in your no, garden is a good flower in your garden, if you ask me. No, because I put those vincas out last year. And my, not a single pollinator went to uh, them. Were you out, not one. you out there 24-7? You were monitoring them? Did you have them on camera? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we see them a lot. So, but I mean, in relation to like going out by the zinnias or, you know, the marigolds or wildflowers, like it was uncomparison, you know. Well, a good note on that, I actually put things like that on my porch. So along my um, porch rails, front porch, and I'm very intentional about not putting anything that pollinators really love because just being considerate right. of delivery people my mail person you know you don't want them kind of fighting away bees and things you know when they're trying to deliver packages um so. yeah yeah and i'm actually making um have you ever seen the um the wander like i don't know what the technical term is it um the um bug houses for like um shit i'm losing my train of thought for the wandering bees, like no. the solo bees no. that fly around. You ever seen a flower, a bee on your flower that's just like dead? Uh, I always pretend like they're asleep. Okay, but you've seen yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. So those aren't honeybees. Mm-hmm. Those are bees that actually live on their own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they will die a lot of times because they can't find a place to live, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, so they make these uh, houses that you put, and they have all these different size holes in them. And they're made specifically for them to come. And apparently, from what I understand, I, I saw these two years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm acting like you now. And on my third year, I'm going to get it. <laughs> um, 
Because I didn't know if it was like stupid, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. But it really the worked. bees, yeah. those bees are actually the ones that are the pollinators for us, not honeybees and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's very interesting to see that. So, and I mean, I, you can get them fairly cheap. You just got to make sure that the little tubes that you put in there don't glue in. You can change them out because you got to change them out each year. Okay. And that can be the most active place for a pollinator in your garden. Hmm. So, but more on that later, maybe. <laughs> but we've gotten some solid tips. Now it's time for one of us. Mm-hmm. Don't know who, but whoever it is, they better have a good recipe. Mm-hmm. There's nothing the but good recipe recipes here. What, what is that again? The recipe of the day. What is that again? The recipe of the day. The recipe of the day. The recipe of the day. <laughs> Alrighty, so um, I am introducing now the cold breakfast because we're getting into warmer days and I save these types of recipes for when the, the weather gets warmer. You okay there? Cold food? Yeah, no man. Way. Yeah. No, I'm joking. <laughs> so there's an official name for this. I can't remember it right now, um, but it is um, Shield Oatmeal. Right. So I actually prefer my oatmeal this way. But again, I normally only eat it in the um, when or spring and summerish. Uh, so I actually had in my in mind of that some strawberries and um, peaches that I have from the freezer frozen vet or uh, fruit that I took out with the intention of adding it to my cold oatmeal. So the whole deal here is the night before overnight oats is what we're talking about. The night before you take your oatmeal, however much you plan on eating. I normally make it in the same container. I'm going to eat it in, let's say a fourth, a cup of oatmeal. I add milk to that just enough to cover it. Um, And then I add things like pecans or walnuts either not necessarily both Um, you can add any kind of fruit you have in there uh, fresh or frozen Um, you're going to if you want to do something funky like you can do like cocoa you know top it with um, I typically will add honey to it as like that sweetener Um, if I have it which I don't buy it often yogurt is another thing because you don't want it to be like your typical hot oatmeal. You want this to be kind of creamy. Um, so your milk is the thing that's going to soften everything. Um, your yogurt is going to add texture. I do maybe a eighth of a cup or something, two tablespoons of yogurt. If you're going to add it, um, I do a, maybe a tablespoon of honey. Um, I do as much fruit as you want without kind of, um, you don't want the concoction to be just a whole bunch of food sitting on top of the oatmeal. Cause again, you want everything to kind of soak in. Um, I do maybe a fourth, a cup of fruit. I cut it up. Like these are pretty big chunks of straw or strawberries and peaches. I go a little bit smaller than that put it in the refrigerator. I mean, six hours is a plenty of time, but if you do it before you go to bed that next morning, you literally have to do nothing but get a spoon out, stir it up. Uh, if you, if it's a little bit too dry, like it's absorbed too much of the milk, you can add a little bit more milk to it. Um, I like it just with a little bit of creaminess, like a little bit of wetness with the milk and you have breakfast. It's as filling as any hot oatmeal that I've ever had. I like cold oatmeal yeah. like that. Yeah. Overnight oats. Mm-hmm. Um, do you use quick oats or old fashioned oats? I use quick oats? oats and that's only because I don't want to buy two types of oats. So do you want me to give you a, a, a little cost savings tip? Sure. Quick oats is nothing more than oatmeal that has been ground up mm. added to old fashioned oats. So you can buy old fashioned oats, take a portion of it out, throw it in a blender, put it back in. You got quick oats and it's a dollar cheaper. Okay. Gotcha. Roughly. I can dig yeah, it. We've done that for a long time and um, I like it with the the overnight oats. I like the bigger old fashioned mm-hmm, oats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just, I don't know. I like that little bit of texture. Yeah. I don't so much, but I get what you're saying. Like I, I kind of yeah. want it to be more porridge like, you know. Um, yeah. For me. Um, do you like grits? Yeah, I do. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're good you can stay on the show yeah then. my um my grandmother <laughs> so you said no we'd have issues yeah my grandmother made the best grits ever let me ask you though salt or sugar 
Um, I'm a salt guy. Nicely see, I don't done. Eat, I don't eat sugar, so uh, I mean, and I don't always? know anybody that puts sugar in. Meaning, I meaning grits were always with salt. Yeah. Okay. Always with salt. Yeah. I've never, I don't think I've ever had sugar in it. Mm-hmm. It's a whole debate on the interweb. So uh, for me, it's salt, pepper, butter. Um, there are, I mean, there, I feel like people that put sugar in things like grits are the same people that put sugar in spaghetti. Um, you can still be a part of our gang. It's okay, you know, but um, it's Isn't definitely that a like a Midwest taste. thing. I don't know. Maybe so. Maybe some folks will write in and tell us. Yeah. I think that. Maybe like a Midwest Sugar thing, maybe. in the grits is a Midwest thing? Maybe, yeah. Okay, well, I'm in the Midwest. I've and never I've, heard of I've it. I've never uh, eaten grits with sugar in them. I'm just saying. Chicago, yeah. big city Midwest. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> come on. Oh, I get where... Oh, that's not nice. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we count. We count for the Midwest. <laughs> you do. You do. It's just different. <laughs> no, um... Yeah, I like I love overnight oats. We eat them a lot. Yeah. So and then I got lazy and then I started chilling them for like an hour and it it wasn't the same. Yeah, like as soon as you get that kind of doughiness of the oat, it's yeah. like put it back in the refrigerator, man. Yeah, just hang it up, mm-hmm. have some fruit. Mm-hmm. So, well, you heard it here. You got a solid recipe. Mm-hmm. You got solid tips. I think they're solid. Agreed. F- to get you in your spring garden planning. Planting. So, let us know how Wait, excited you are to plant. Was that planting? This is the last time oh, we'll have did to I say mess this. It up? Yeah, I don't know. Well, we still have to do the summer episode. Well, I mean, I think if if you're here at you know an hour in, my guess is you figure you we're know. talking about planting. <laughs> yeah, you should know at this point. And thanks for hey so, sticking with us. <laughs> yeah, thanks for going for the long term. You know, if you've made it this far, let us know what your favorite tip is mm-hmm. and what you need, what you didn't know. I would be curious to know. Mm-hmm. So, um, but otherwise, everybody stay safe, wear a mask, mm-hmm. be cool, get your hands dirty. And when I say dirty, I mean, get your hands in there and get them filthy. Don't be, take your gloves off and dig in the dirt. Mm-hmm. It's the first time this year. Take the gloves off. Let the fingernails get dirty. Mm-hmm. Have fun. Enjoy. And until next time. See ya. Thanks for hanging out with us today. If you want to see what we're up to or just stay up to date on all the announcements regarding the show or anything gardening, then you can follow us on Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. We love seeing what you guys are doing. So use hashtag BYG podcast in your posts and we'll be sharing your gardens with the Backyard Gardens community. And check us out on YouTube at Backyard Gardens where we will post this show, all of our other shows, clips, and then also some gardening tips and just gardening entertainment. And you can see us at our website at BackyardGardensTV.com. But that's it for today's show. So help us as we learn to grow and grow from change. And until next time, we'll catch you guys later. We'll call this one a wrap. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in.